Welcome to Unbought and Unbothered. I'm your host, Thish. On today's episode of the Black Man Joy series, we have a man of Morehouse. Austin Astwood is a senior in Morehouse, majoring in education. I am so excited to hold space with this magnificent, driven young king. Austin, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for being here. So I always like to pop off things with um, you telling um, everyone a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, so welcome listeners. My name is Austin Astwood. I am a senior English major at Morehouse College um, currently. Um, a couple things about me. I am a foodie. I love to eat good food. Um, I love um, real estate design, like, you know, the way homes are made. I love interior design. Um, and I'm an educator. I work with first grade students currently in, you know, this epidemic, this in this pandemic crisis, you know, but we're making it work. We're working it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. So why did you choose to be an educator? Okay. So... Um, well, the, the viewers don't know. I mean, the listeners do not know this, but obviously, you know, Fish is my cousin, and our grandmother was an educator, and um, she was in education for 32 years? 30? Yeah, 30 I think years. it was 32, yeah. Yeah, um, and I think that actually played a really big part in why I went to go into education. Um, she just worked with me on everything. You know, grandma literally did my homework with me. She was so patient, right. and she taught me a lot. And I think that kind of started the foundation for it but um i actually did not want to go into education when i got to uh morehouse at first i wanted to do physical therapy and do uh, some type of sports medicine program but oh, okay. uh, once i did the first year i was like nah this this ain't it this, <laughs> i was like this not this not the one and if right. i want to spend all, if i'm going to spend all this money i need to figure out what it is that i want to do and that summer i had my first internship working on Morehouse's campus for a program called SMASH. It's a STEM program for high school students. And they're, okay. they're like basically coming and staying on campus for about two months during the summer. And they take uh, just different STEM courses on the, on the campus. And um, that was a really great and amazing program. Uh, I still talk to those stu- uh, students now. They're actually, some of them are at Morehouse currently now. Like they're fresh. Wow. Yeah, awesome. the, right. So, you know, it's just amazing to see that full circle moment. But that is what actually started my um, journey in education and working with students and working with kids. Um, after that, I kind of was like, yeah, this is definitely this is the route. And since then, you know, I've just done different things, working after school programs and daycare centers. Um, and I went back and actually worked that same internship for two years. I'm actually waiting on hearing back from them now. I already applied for this summer, you know. So wait on that. That's yeah. awesome. Yes. So, yeah, that's actually how that started about. And grandma taught English, right? Honestly, I I want to say so. Or she, I um, I, I know well, she was so hard on us about pronunciate your words. words. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I always just assumed she was an English teacher. You know what? That might I'm going to have to ask my dad because um, I don't know. 
Okay, so as far as the educational system, do you feel like the educational system has failed black men? Oh, okay. Or black little boys. So okay, let's so let's unpack this. So that's that's what we have for. <laughs> so, okay. Let's go. <laughs> so here's here's the thing with that. So what I'm learning, um, so when I think about that question, the first thing when I read that when you sent me the script was I was like, mm, that is a good question because th- that is kind of true. And I because was the reason why I asked because not to cut you off, but the reason why I asked it directly for black men is because all through school I remember. Like, I was in a STEM program here. You know, I went mm-hmm. to, I took college classes at Northwest Shows. Yeah. When I, from the time I was in the 10th grade till I was a senior. Mm-hmm. And those opportunities they gave to little black girls, you yeah. know. Um, That's true. You know, they seemed like they worked with us more on our work. And it was guys that was in my class that were super intelligent but you know that kind of was class clowns, clowns mm-hmm. and they would just automatically send them, send them to D Hall. Right. So I just wondered, is there like is there systemic racism? Like, is there something there to unpack that we don't know? You know that me as a black woman don't see. I I, def- so. I definitely agree. I want to say yes. There definitely is. Um, you know the, the education system has kind of failed us, and I really hurts. You know when you're a child. You know everything starts when you're a child. You know and like. For example, the first graders that I work with now, they're actually very smart. So I have four, I have six students in total in my learning pod, and four mm-hmm. of them are young black men, well, black boys, and all four of them are very smart. They have so much potential. And I honestly want to say that the education does, the education system has failed our students, our young black men, but it also kind of starts at home and that's what I had to learn mm-hmm. I'm learning that I'm literally experiencing that full circle right now with my students and you know like I worked with second grade before at my other job and like I worked in daycare centers but this is the first time where I'm starting to see how you know if your home environment is not together you know the school environment even if the school environment is sound when you go back home at the end of the day if that home right. is not together you know there's only so much that the school system can do. You know what I mean? It, right. And especially if you have teachers who are impactful and who try, you know, who, who move with a purpose, you know, there's only so much they can do. But with that still, even with my own experience, I do believe that the, it, it, the school systems, some school systems do fail our students and they don't, you know, they don't give them the tools they need to be successful. And, it, you know, and that does start when you're young, you know, just like, for example, mm-hmm. for me, I know, when I was in middle school, I didn't even have my first, my sixth grade year, first year in middle school, I did not have a math or a science teacher, like an actual math or science teacher. We had um, substitutes, like long-term subs. So, wow. yeah, and that, that really did affect me, you know, when it came to math and science. I never, I still to this day, okay, even at Morehouse College, I still, the math is not for me, the science is not for me. And, you know, we, it's a growing thing, but it's the, it really stems from that. Like, my education system and Clayton County did do me a disservice in that area when it comes to math and science, because in sixth grade, I didn't have, you know, a whole teacher in those two fields for a year. And when it was time to take the standardized test, I actually did not pass in those two, in those two areas. Right. And I, I, I passed in math, I mean, in uh, English, like language arts and social studies, but in those, those two realms, I did not. And it actually, I want to say in seventh grade, I didn't pass as well. And it wasn't until eighth grade where I actually passed all all across the board. And, you know, that really comes with 
having those teachers that, you know, first of all, look like those faces of the black boys that, you know, really care, that do meaningful work, you know, it starts there. But when it comes to, you know, those people who are writing educational policy, um, you know, regulations and stuff like that, you know, the care is not there. The care is there for the, the uh, our young black men when it comes to the teachers, but when it comes from those higher up people who put things in places, put policies in places, you know, right. the care really isn't there. You know what I mean? Because there should be more opportunities made. Like how you were uh, referring to, like when you were taking those college courses, but there wasn't a lot of mm-hmm. young young black men in there with you. You know, they don't try. A lot of times they don't give opportunities to them because they don't think a they can handle it or b that they don't, you know, want to take that initiative to do that. And I think that a lot of that stems from, you know, a lot of Black men or young Black men that I've, you know, dealt with, when they do have, when we face those types of, like, situations, it really stems from just that happening for so long where, you know, okay, so, like, for example, uh, I did dual enrollment, too. Well, actually, no, I didn't do that. One of my friends, a lot of my friends did dual enrollment, but the reason why I did not mm-hmm. do dual enrollment was because when it came down to time for me to actually do it, you know, it was it was something with my counselor not being able to do something. Well, she claimed that she submitted something too late. Or it was some form, paperwork, form of paperwork that wasn't done correctly at the time. But, you know, it like I said, it just kind of stems down to the people who were in charge because there was no excuse for her not to have turned that paperwork in. And I would have, right. you know, I would have loved to do have the opportunity to take, you know, those classes so that I could have got college credit, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. but with that also, you know, a lot of people don't think that young black men want to go to college. And that might have been, you know, the reason why they weren't pushing the, you know, your, your old classmates to take those classes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They don't think that we want to take that extra step. And we do. We just need people to give us that platform and give us the opportunity. I agree. And, you know, another thing with the whole math thing, math is not, um, my subject either. Yeah, most people. Are. And my whole my whole thing was no math teacher I've ever had has explained it to me in a way that I could understand. Um, my parents literally went and got me a tutor, wow. and it was a black girl. But you know, and I had a teacher, Miss Kelly. She helped, but like I literally had to get someone that could speak my language because. Yeah. It was just like not, it was still, still to this day, it just doesn't happen for me. (laughs) So I don't know what, I don't know what that is, but it doesn't. But I do think that it does um, boil down to the people on the board of education or, you know, you know, like, like, are they even hiring black educators? You know, that's, that's, that's the thing too, you know, especially in these predominantly black areas we need to hire black people you know that's who needs to be yeah. teaching these kids because they they speak they know the experience that they're going through or even if they might know it they might not know exactly what the child is going through but they know how to be support because they understand you know what i mean right like that's how i'm with my kids because there's some of my students they're going through some things that i you know i can't really exactly go with full indulge but they're going some things that i right. just i couldn't imagine going through like they're so strong and they don't even know it yet you know what i mean so wow yeah that's beautiful yeah. so what is achievement that you are most proud of okay so one achievement that i am that holds dearly to my heart 
I feel like this is kind of cliche, especially if anybody that I go to school with hears they're thinking like, child, you know you could have found something else. But I love talking about my experience and my journey at Morehouse. I think that is my proudest achievement. Because, so, you know, the way it really, I don't know if I really ever actually explained this story to you, like, why I went there and why I chose Morehouse. So, no, I don't think you have. I just knew that that was, like, a big thing for you. But, yes, yeah. please tell So, me. when, I want to say in middle school, middle school, eighth grade year, we went and took a field trip to Morehouse. And all of my friends at the time, you know, we we, had, we actually had a really good day on the field trip or whatever. But we, when we got on the bus and we were on the way home, we were just like, you know, the school is cool. You know, Morehouse, it seems like it would be fun. But it's just, it's all men. Like, it's all male. Like, why would we want to do that? Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, just eighth grade mind. We you know we didn't know better. So right. once I got to about ninth grade, tenth, ninth or tenth grade, I was going through like this phase. Definitely ninth grade for sure. I was going through this phase where I was like, you know, mm, I don't really know, you know, I, am, am I trying to be with, but you know, with the hood rat ish, you know, I don't know, if, am I trying to be out with my hood rat friends or am I gonna be in the books? You know, do I want to take AP classes or do I want to just be in the regular classes and hang out with everybody? And I started going through just this little journey and I kind of, things started to unfold and I was actually starting to come more into my um, my sexuality as well at that time. So I think it was just a lot going on, but that started to, you know, that, that fine line of figuring out who I wanted to be, that kind of mm-hmm. started to come about at that time. And I started to, you know, look at people that I found that were admirable to me, like, you know, like the Martin Luther Kings, you know, Radio Bustin and, you know, like Kehinde Wiley, like looking into different black culture. And that was because of the teacher I had in high school. You know, they were they were trying wow. to enrich us in that black culture. And that kind of stemmed my idea where I was like, hmm, okay, well, when I do go to school, where am I going to go? You know, like, what do I want to do? So around like 10th grade year, like that spring, I started to really, really look into schools. And that's when I was like, you know, I think Morehouse might be it. And I thought it was so funny because the same friends that I had, you know, in eighth grade, we were talking about Morehouse and like, no, we know we don't want to go there around all those men. I still kind of, I was still friends with them. So when we kind of started talking about having these conversations about college, I'm like, you know, y'all, I think I actually want to go to Morehouse. And so I started doing more research for self on Morehouse, looking on that website, going on YouTube, looking at the dorms. And I really, like, I did this super early. Like most people, you know, they, they don't really think about going to college or, you know, or actually take those steps to doing all that until it's like senior year. No, I'm looking right. at this 10th grade year. I ain't even took, I probably, I think I didn't even take the SAT yet. Okay. I already knew what time it was. And <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I knew what time it was. So um, I think the fall of my junior year, Morehouse had like a, kind of like a welcome to the house thing, but it, it, it wasn't that. I can't actually remember what it was called. It was kind of like a, a meet and greet for like prospective juniors and high school seniors, you know, just to come on campus, get a little feel of what it was like. And I went there and, you know, just took a tour. We did, I think we went to like, the, well, obviously we went to the CAF and then we went to the chapel and we talked to a different, you know, representatives for the college at the time. And it was just, it was amazing. I just was like, yeah, this is, this is it. And then me and my mom, we went to the bookstore, and she got me my first windbreaker, and she took my picture in front of the bookstore. And after that, I just knew it was it was over with. This this was it. And my senior year of high school, I applied to Morehouse early, 
And any of my friends can tell you, because I have the same friends, you know, we keep the same friends around, none of the friends. Right, but right, um, right, right. all my friends can tell you that I've been Morehouse AF since since way when, okay? Literally. Yeah, for as long as I can <laughs> I never even remember you talking about another school. Yeah, thanks. Like, I literally couldn't, I, I can't honestly say I've heard you say anything but Morehouse. Yes. Yeah, and it just, I don't know, it was just something about the, the mystique, you know. Honestly, what actually I think what got me was um, on YouTube. It was a clip. <clears throat> excuse me. It was a clip of the Glee Club. They were having like a um, a performance. There was, I'm not sure if it was a full performance or if they were just doing the hymn. But they sung the Morehouse hymn, and it was recorded on YouTube. And it was just so prolific and powerful. It actually made me cry. Like I was like, wow. Like I, this is. I don't know, I think I was just, I don't know, I was probably just all in tune with my emotions. I don't know, who really knows me? But I, <laughs> knows, but I just, yeah, I was like, yes, this is it. You know, this is my spirit that telling me that this is it. Beautiful. And, you know, I got into Morehouse in the spring of my senior year. So I applied early and I actually got deferred. And it really did break my heart. Like, I, I was hurt. I was hurt for real. But I was like, you know, this is... You know, this is just all a part of the, the game, all a part of the hustle. Like, you just got to keep working, keep grinding. So I kept sending them. Um, well, actually, and I didn't have to do this, but I went to one of my counselors, and I went to one of my assistant principals at the time. He was a newer principal, but he actually went to Morehouse. And I had him and my counselor write me both another set of letter recommendations to send to the college just because I'm like, I got to get in here. This is this is yeah. my plan. So Talk about perseverance. Literally. And I rem- I will never forget. It was February fifteenth, six forty seven in the morning. I checked my email. <laughs> I remember the, the timestamp. Okay, and I got that email. I was just about to do the morning announcements. Um, went on seven. It, yeah, was it six? It was yeah. It was six forty seven. I was about to do the announcements, and I was ooh. It was I was a wreck. I was crying. I was so you happy. You was a wreck. I, I was a wreck. <laughs> I was a wreck, oh, I was a wreck man. That's beautiful. So do you feel like um, black, do you feel like black students, high school seniors, or people going back to school, do you think everyone should go to HBCU? Um, whew, this is a good topic. So here's the thing. I don't discriminate against anybody going to any type of school because you got to get it how you live. Sometimes these HBCUs are very expensive. Morehouse is extremely expensive. And you are, you know, like anybody else that I, them first two years, I was struggling, like struggling to get through, you know? So mm-hmm. I wouldn't want anybody to put, you know, that type of stress on themselves because you just never know people's situations and how things, you know, how they work. So if you can't, I mean, if you got to go to a PWI, to a smaller school or whatever may have you to get the degree, get that degree because that's really all that matters at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Exactly. But in my personal experience, I already knew that the HBCU way was the only way. Amen. It was. Amen. 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 You know, <laughs> I mean, I just know that I knew personally, I just know regardless of where school I went to, I knew I would have, you know, done well. But the HBCU, just the experience, you know, you can't get that anywhere else. You know, like the aesthetic of an HBCU, the it's just, it's a feeling that you can't, that it's playing. Like, you know, it's just a feeling of just unity. You know, you're around people who look just like you. They're trying to do similar things as you are. You know, you know, it's just, ugh, I love it. I love my HBCU. <laughs> I love the AEC. You know, being around Spelman and Clark and, you know, 
my our people at Morris Brown, you know, they just got their accreditation back, so don't play with them. They are not one of them. We all back, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I just it's, it was an experience that it was worth every loan, every penny, every every tear, every prayer. Okay, it was worth it all. I love. And I that's love. why we gonna shout at graduation in December. December okay. <laughs> It's gonna be a real ghetto good time. Hey. It really is. <laughs> we gonna bring out our city girl ish on up there. So, at what age would you say you felt comfortable in your blackness? And if you are not currently there or have not been there, that's fine. But if you have been there, what age would you pinpoint that you were like, you know what, this black shit, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um. Okay, so as a child, you know, I wasn't necessarily like socially aware. Like, I mean, obviously, I knew I was black, but I didn't, I wasn't aware of how powerful and how, you know, amazing that really was until I would say, hmm, about high school, maybe like middle school, high school. Yeah, probably not middle school. I would say about maybe like late middle school or early high school. But um, in terms of coming into my own blackness, I would say I became very comfortable and aware of what it means to be black, you know, in high school. And that was why, I think that was a part of why I chose to start to go down the path that I went down, you know, as in, you know, just being, you know, be, getting educated and trying to, you know, you know, be a grand dame, you know, be the black grand dame, you know, be like, okay. you know, you know. And, you know, I think in high school, I think it was like high school, middle school when I kind of got comfortable. Yeah. Everybody else around me wasn't comfortable in my blackness, <laughs> but I was comfortable. Yeah. So, how would you define freedom? Mm. So, I think freedom for me is so okay. Nineteen-year-old me would have said freedom is being able to go out when you want to, you know, turn up when you want to, without hearing nobody's, you know, nobody's mouth. Yeah. No, you know. See, when we grow, uh, freedom means different. Different, right? Okay. Yes. I, I think my version of freedom now means like. It's, it's 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 so many ways to describe freedom to me now. That means like financial wealth, you know, yes. having the the means to really be free. And when I mean free, be like, you know, I can't afford to live and sustain myself, but I'm also able to help others, you know, yes. and give back to others. That's one way of how I look at freedom. Another way I look at freedom, I would say, is being able to have your own voice, you know, because for a mm. long time, I feel like I did not have a voice. And that comes yeah. from being in, you know, toxic black households. And, yeah. you know, I'm still learning. I've definitely found my voice, but I'm still learning to, you know, what that looks like even to this day. So, you know. And that's why I asked that question, because, you know, it took me a while to one, find my voice and be comfortable in my voice uh-huh. and be comfortable in who I am. Yes. Just from a yes. toxic black house. I mean, we come from the same yeah. family. So. Child, you know. Ooh, <laughs> so, to Jesus. <laughs> you know, anybody who's known me, and I always say, you know, anybody who's known me in my unhealed self and knows me like now, mm-hmm. they know like, girl, Ooh, like I don't know who she is, but I'm glad she came. Okay, but know? God. Okay. Yeah, and I really yes. feel like um, God put me through certain things. So when it came time for things that maybe you or you know Lexis 
that's my little sister, y'all, <laughs> went through that I was able to be for you guys what I didn't have. Like, I didn't have yeah. no, I mean, I, you know, I didn't have anybody to say, don't do that, do this, or mm-hmm. I didn't really have anybody to hold me accountable. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> not guys, I am not a mean person, but you know, like, it's okay. certain you know, it's a sorry. Like, if you get to falling off, I'm gonna be like, "Yo, what? Are, what the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, and you know that I'm going to really put. You know, it's a loving pressure. Yeah. It's not. You know, I'm not trying to be ugly, but it's like oh, I don't want to hear her mouth. You know, no. and it's like, but we need that though. I definitely feel like in black yeah. in black families, we need that in our family. Okay, we need that, you know. We needed like, it, We yeah. needed that. We had to make a change and, right. you know, make a new over. Like, yeah, like do a whole renew. You know what I mean? So it's Right, like, like, I really, really, to, like, I was telling Lex this, like, yesterday, maybe. Like, I really believe that that, like, that accountability thing, it, I think it changed the course of our generation. Yeah. Because that was my issue. Nobody... I mean, people was there to tell you what they wanted you to do, how to do it, but nobody held me accountable to say, well, you said you was going to get a podcast. Where your podcast? You know, and not do it in an ugly way or put down way, but to do it in like, whoa, what's going on here? Right. You know, like, you know, this is something that you really want to do in this series. If we see the seed that you're about to sow, you know, what's the update on the seed? You know what I mean? And I, I think, I think that's missing in a lot of families, especially black families. Like, people let a lot of things slide instead of holding people fully accountable. Uh, anybody who know me know, it's nobody I brag on more than you and Lex. Because I'm like, no, <laughs> they're my babies. That's yeah. my cussing out. You That's know? right. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I agree with you. I feel like in our black families, we need more accountability and we need more love. Genuine love. Genuine. Just genuine mm-hmm. love. No love to come with strings or and, and also genuine support and mm-hmm. understanding. Like mm-hmm. how great I mean, we're good people now, but how awesome would it have been if we could have been how we are right now in this conversation at 18, 17 years right. old? To right. just be fully yourself and have your voice and still have the support of you know, your parents, your aunts or your uncles, yeah. not you living away and everybody on the phone talking about it. Like, you right, know? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's like a real major thing for me and Melvin. Like, we don't we don't want to be those parents. We don't want to be those siblings. Like, we want everybody under us to call us and if you need help, ask for it. Right. Let us know and we'll do, if you just need someone to talk, like, let us be like let us do the best we can right because we didn't have that and the support is so it's so simple yes you, you know, know and i don't know what i don't know if that goes back to like slavery <laughs> or what it is in the black <laughs> family but it's just like see it's nothing i'm more passionate about it's just like why can't we just be us and it be okay i think it has a lot to do with it's a lot of things just a lot of layers one layer is envy you know yeah and jealousy and i would never understand and the I, sense of control and control mm-hmm. you know? i just i don't understand i would never get why you know, because a lot of case, a lot of things, well, cases rather, um, that we see is just black people. You know, they raise you. You know, like your parents raise you. They want, they want well for you. You know, that's what they they seem like they want well for you. They say they want well for you, but then when you yeah. actually start doing well, and they not, they be like, well, damn, well, why do I really want to see you yeah. do well? You know? 
or or they or they raise you and treat it like a debt like what <laughs> yeah like <laughs> like my like, like your success is because of me right. it's owed to me yeah I don't or know. i did this so why i was like i don't owe you yeah that's and you know i don't know if it happens in other communities we we can always speak for black people right. but yeah <laughs> so in in speaking of like family and love what does black love mean to you I, you know, I know that you love differently, but it is still the same love. Mm. So what does that mean to you? I think black love to me, mm, I think it means it's a type of unity. Um, yeah. A type of, it, t- it requires a type of compassion. Um, you know, I love my black people. You know, I love my black family. And I think it is it, like it, the way you love depends on you know the people that's that you're around your family and how you know and whatnot and such um but i feel like for me you like you guys are like you and legs and and even like my other cousins you know like when i was a child being around y'all seeing you know this experience and just even like little things like when we would come down and visit or come up rather and visit y'all and hang out and just just to see y'all, just to, just to be around, just to watch y'all laugh, right? Because you know, I was because so that young. was always such an event. It's like, oh, yeah. that's how it is. yeah, <laughs> that my and we, thing. it is just all of us, you know, uh, going to granddaddy's house and him cooking for us mm-hmm. and just all of that, like that was black. Hey man, we had it when we had it. Yeah, I don't we know did. When it went all late, like, but we had it. <laughs> yeah, it was a time to be alive back then. So it, was, it really was. Mm. So. Um, who do you who would you say that you admire? Um, so actually this so when I looked on the script and I seen that question, the first person I put down, of course, was James Savage. Willie James Savage, if you Willie want to James. Technical. Yes, okay. Willie James Savage. Okay. <laughs> he paved the way, you know. And it's like I hate that I only got to see, you know, like the first see him in the first part of my life as a child, which of course that was yeah. amazing, but I wish that I could have lived to see him, you know, in, in this phase of my life now, you know, right. where I'm about to graduate from college and, you know, I'm, I am a, a young man, you know, I, I am a man. Right. It's like I'm growing and learning and going through different challenges and learning different experiences and, you know, experiences, trials and triumph, you know, and I just wish he was here. So even though he is here still, he is with us, right. you know, but I wish he was physically here so that he could, you know, be a part and be give me advice and be supportive and watch, and be here in my walk, you know? Yeah. But It's one thing I always, I mean, I was, let me see, I was 19 when he passed and I still was basically a kid, yeah. you know, I didn't, I wish, I wish I could have, um, like sat down and really picked his brain mm-hmm. and talked to him because I just feel like him and grandma, like Thanks. they're, they're yes, both just of them. so full of knowledge, mm-hmm. you know? And I felt, I feel like, like I can feel him saying, like I can feel where he will want me to do it where, you know, yeah. like if I sat back and really thought about it, I'm like, okay, you were raised in these values. You know what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And it's just like, I, 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 you know, I really wish he could see me in the space I'm in today. Like, yeah. I was a knucklehead 19-year-old kid, <laughs> you know? And it's like, damn. I mean, it's kind of like, I'm not going to say we were kind of shorthanded because God don't make mistakes, but it's just like, man, you know, yeah. I think for the most part, he would have been like so proud of us, even yeah. in, you know, in the times that 
you know, I'm a little older than you, but in the times that, you know, I might have struggled or didn't find my way, like the whole point of me finding my way, you know. Yeah. But I really think he would have been a good person to sit down and really get life lessons from. Yes, that's true. Because he did so much. He was an entrepreneur, you know, he had some businesses, you know, and it's like, some of the stuff that he's done, I'm interested in doing one day. Like, Me I would, too. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. So it's like, that would have been amazing to have around, to just pick his brain, like, and grandma too. Like, I I would, I could. Yeah. Oh, I, would I was just trying to say that that was another thing that, oh, of course, you know, you're young and you don't think, but by the yeah. time I wanted, when I was, you know, healed or whatever in myself, to seek knowledge from grandma, you know, she had already had all times. Yeah. So it's just like now I know like I if I, I just go ahead and ask people the things that I, I would which, which is really kinda in part of why I did the podcast also. Like I wanted to have conversations with people that we don't have all the time. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Right. I've learned a lot from your experience already. It's like, why don't we ask these questions? But right. I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole because I'll be all day. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you deal with stress? Mm, okay, so a few things. First things first, you know, and this habit might not be healthy for everybody, but it works for me in my moderations. And that's the weed, Okay. You know, that's <laughs> that's one, that's one other, thing. Uh, interviewers, he was like, "Girl, I rolled me a J." <laughs> okay, you gotta get you a little a little blunt first. Okay, a little, a little paper. You know, but um, honestly, I would say that's number one. Um, within moderation, of course, and then two, I like to, I love to watch TV. I love a good documentary, a good Netflix series. You know, and sometimes when I'm stressed or if I feel overwhelmed with school or work or both you know i just take some time out of the day and i just watch my tv shows you know i love the parkers i i really love this is such a sidebar i love 90s tv like i'm so jealous that i couldn't have been in y'all age bracket so that we could have lived together i was was grown in the 90s i was a kid so i wasn't grown but man they had it all man they had it like all going okay so what lesson was the hardest for you to learn? Mm, I think that honestly, um, I think the the hardest lesson I've had to learn is what I'm learning right now, and that is that it's okay to you know it's okay to like let go of people, even yeah. if it's the people that you love the most. Yeah, you know, you have sometimes you have to let people go if they're not good for you, because mm-hmm. and I have a really really big heart. I'm a really nice person. I'm really sweet. You know, even sometimes even on my facial expressions might not always tell that, but I am a very nice person. <laughs> I'm really sweet, and I have you know I love people. I love to help people, but sometimes you know you have to help yourself when you're around yeah. people who don't want to help themselves. You know what I mean? And so I think that's probably that, and you know. I feel like this one is like the second one I have is kind of like a normal, you know, transition when you're like in that transition from teenager, college student to adult or just young adult, you know, to, you know, adult, adult, like, you know, where you're going from having your parents helping you and doing mm-hmm. certain things to you just being all out there hunting on you. You know what I mean? And I think that's um, a lesson or like something I'm learning right now in my journey, like, you know, just to be more frugal and be you know smart with my money and the things I'm doing and 
planning for things, planning, you know, for, with bills, planning with my finances, just period. I think those are definitely the top two that I'm like navigating and learning through now. I love it. Okay, so what is one common misconception about the black man that you would like to debunk? Oh, well, one I can't debunk if for you know, well, oh, never, I'm not even going to that. I was about to be like, because <laughs> black men, sometimes, you know, I love my black men because I am one, but sometimes they can be a little shysty, they can be a little, you know, all over the place. But I will say that for my brothers, one thing that you know, is a common misconception that it's not always true is that we are not in touch with our emotions. Now, okay. some of these some of these black men, yes, their emotions, and that is true. That can possibly be a, a case for a lot of black men, but if you know that's not the type of black man that you want, you shouldn't be dealing with them anyway. Okay. okay? You shouldn't be dealing with them anyways. But a lot of black men that I know, especially going to Morehouse, you know, that's another reason why I want to go. You know, it's such a, a great space. You know, everybody there, you know, they're, you know, they're just not, you know, it's now there are some people who are toxic there, but for the most part, a lot of people there are in touch with themselves. They're in touch with their emotions, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what we need. We need more black men to be in touch with themselves, be in touch with their emotions, you know, care about yourself. That's not, that's okay. It's like, it's okay to love yourself, you know, and I do think that we do love ourselves, you know, and that. Especially in my generation or in my like my little age group, I think that there is a lot of you know more young millennials who do care about themselves. They do take self care, you know, seriously. Right. So, so yeah. I like it. Now, what is why do you feel like black men are often left out of things that bring joy? Why do you think people believe that black men can't have joy? Sometimes I want to say I feel like the black men feel like we don't not would say that we don't deserve joy mm-hmm. but I feel like they feel like they don't need it wow you know what I mean like some black you know what I mean like I feel like sometimes you know it's not even about black men not feeling like they shouldn't be able to be happy but I feel like a lot of times especially like the you know black men who have families you know they're, they're married they have kids I feel like a lot of times they spend so much time trying to make other people happy right. that they don't even think that they have to focus on self and that because they family, like the kids happy, wife straight, you know, everybody straight, I'm good, you know. And that is a lot, that, 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 that scenario, that's a lot of black men. A lot of black men are dealing with that, where they're like, you know, I got to go to work so that, you know, everybody around me is straight, everybody's good. And as long as they're good, I am good. And that should not be, and that should, you shouldn't want that to be your, your, your everyday life, your scenario, you know. We have to pour back into ourselves. We have to love ourselves. We can't just love the people around us. And, of course, they pour into us. But there's no type of pour like a self-pour. Yes, sir. Okay? You got to pour into yourself. So I like that. Yes, that's how I had to write that down. Okay. Okay. Period. Yeah, that was all right, black men. We must love ourselves. We have to. We have to. You have to treat yourself. Yeah, I like it. Okay, so what keeps you motivated? Mm. Okay, well, number one, kind of, okay, so this goes back to when I was saying things about me, when I was talking about real estate and stuff like that. What makes me, what keeps me really motivated is because I know what I want and like I know what type of, and I know this probably is like, you know, 
I feel like this is something that like most young people will say, like, I know what type of home I want. You know, I, I know what type of life that I want. You know what right. I mean? Like, I know what, I, what I'm trying to achieve. And I know that for me to achieve that, I have to keep working. I have to keep going to school. I have to keep pushing every day, you know, because I know what life I want. And I know what I want people to see when they think about me or when they see me. Like, I want people to be like, you know, like, yeah, I'll say, he, he ain't playing no games. He's not one of them, you know. He, he okay. He do his thing, you know, and he's a giving person. He's a loving person, you know. That's what I want people to see when they, or what people to think when they think about me. You know what I mean? So, I think with, yeah. So, what brings you joy? Thank you. Mm. I think what brings me joy, well, there's a few things. Um, one thing that brings me joy is getting my check deposit into my account <laughs> every other week. That's yes. the first thing. Okay. <laughs> that's a, Money that's the over thing. everything. Okay. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Dollar, dollar bill. <laughs> Um, that brings me joy, um, but even though that that can be just temporary joy, but what brings me true joy is, um, well, one thing that brings me to true joy is seeing my students get something that they might have not gotten before. So, like, I have one student, he, um, he has a lot going on at home. Um, he just started school. So, there, I have first grade, as I said, but he, this is his first time coming to school, is with me in the learning part, and he's in first grade. So, that says a lot about you know, what's going on at home, what's right. going on, you know, with, you know, with him. He's a little behind, but, you know, just because you're behind don't mean that you can't catch up, and you, you know, okay? So, you know, we work on different, you know, just doing numbers and letters, and when the semester first started, you know, for the kids to get on, on Zoom, they have to, each of them have their own laptop, right? Mm-hmm. So they have a password, a username, login that they had to put in and all of my other students I was able to like teach them and learn you know let them learn how to do it now they can put their own passwords and and whatnot in so they can basically log themselves onto zoom you know onto their computers but this one in particular he could not do that because you know he just he has issues with you know letters and spelling so Mm -hmm. that's what now in the mornings that's what I do with him we work on you know we've worked on his like spelling and learning how to do stuff you know and learning how to like learning the alphabet and adding and subtracting, you know, and he know now he I think that was like maybe a week ago, I want to say it was a Tuesday morning and it was time to get on Zoom and you know in the mornings when he gets there I have him practice his login like the password and you know for a while he couldn't get it because he just didn't you know like I don't know if it was the capital letters or you know what it was but you know that particular day he got it and when he got it he was so excited cuz he couldn't get it before and it just that brought me so much joy it brought me joy you know? to hear it oh my goodness you know what I mean? like i just was like period you know cuz he, he i could tell that sometimes he doubts himself because so many people around him are mm-hmm. already kind of like you know damn well you know even though that's not his fault but they're like they're around him like well hell you know he he already behind like what are we supposed to do and it's like well, what you're supposed to do is step up to the plate and help him get move forward you know and that's what i like to do like that brings me joy and i think that's another reason why i knew education was for me yeah you know what i mean and you can tell like when you talk about it that it truly like brings you joy and it is truly like a calling for you like a passion and you t- yeah. Uh, yeah i i love it <laughs> yeah it's definitely it really is i love i love my kids now don't get me wrong now you know they they try but you know they they, <laughs> they try they you know because they're from they're like metropolitan so you know that's yeah. we're atlanta you know we're atlanta <laughs> but you know they're, they're the sweetest thing like kids are just so sweet and i think that also stems from me 
Like, you know, even though I wasn't necessarily the only child, but Argel is like nine years older than me. So by the time right. I was like six, she was out the door, or seven rather, she was out the door. Right. So <clears throat> I think being alone so long kind of like also might have played into it, played a role into why I like working with kids now, you know, because I was by myself when I was a kid and I didn't have nobody to play with or have fun with or, you know, do stuff like that. So it's like now I work with my kids and now I can plan activities for us to do meaningful things that, you know, they'll they'll remember for a long time. You know what I mean? Right, you're definitely making an impact. Yes, that's what we do. Yes, that's what we do. We leave our native places. (laughs) Period. (laughs) Okay, what would you say you are rooted in? Mm, um, I would say I am rooted in... mm. What is the foundation of Austin Astrolog? Um, I would say the foundation that is awesome as what is my support. My support is why I'm here. Like, I feel like, you know, and when I say that, I mean, like, the people like you, people like my mentors, people like my counselors, my friends, those people build me up. You know, of course, you build yourself up, but when you have people right. around you who support care is about everything. you, yeah. support is everything. Exactly. Support is everything. I feel like that me being rooted and having so much support and knowing that I have so many people behind me, rooting for me, that love me, that care me, that want to see me win, despite the people who might not want to see that, you know, mm-hmm. that is what, I feel like that's another thing that keeps me going every day, because it's, it's so many people who are like, you know, Austin, you got this, you know, and I know I have it, and it's like, but, but knowing that you get people around you, yeah. yes, that reinsurance is everything. Yes, yes. You remember when I told you how to come hell hot water? We get to December. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, and I am hell in high water. So, baby, we go get there. Right. I love it. Okay. So, I found this question on Twitter. I've got to find who I took it from so I can give this person credit because bless their heart. Um, <laughs> how would you introduce your future self? And I'm asking that okay. as if it's the future. You are currently that person. I've never met you before. How are you introducing yourself to me? What does the vision of Austin in the future look like today? How do you think it will go? Mm, It would be a little bit like, you know, hello, my name is Dr. Austin. Okay, Dr. Austin Ashwood, PhD, EDU, okay, Um, real estate mogul, food connoisseur, um, and impact changer, you know. Community, Ooh, you know what I mean? I'm sorry. Am I yes. listening up <laughs> no, no, Y'all no, no, gotta no. understand. It's like my this is my little cousin, he's like my little brother. So when I hear him speak like that, I'm like, yeah, I'm trying yes. not to clap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to mess up no. my audio. <laughs> yes, you know, but really, you know, impact changer, you know, yeah. uh this activist, you know, community activist, yeah. you know. That's how I want to be. I want to, you know, be involved in my community. I want to impact you know the lives you know i really want to be able to come back and impact every life that has impacted me you know that's what one of my main goals but you know just yeah all that in the bag of chips and esquire maybe at the end (laughs) you never know we'll see okay (laughs) i like it and what do you want your legacy to be when it's all over what do what do you want the last thing the legacy of your name to be Mm. And I asked this question, and I know 
you would get it more than probably any person I've ever interviewed. Um, I asked the question because, you know, we live under the umbrella of granddaddy's legacy. And he had such, I mean, I'd be at work and people be like, are you a savage? And I'd be like, well, yeah, I'm married now, but yes. And they figure out which, you know, you Mm -hmm. sure don't doubt it. And then they go in to tell me like how granddaddy fed people and kept people lights on and wow. how he just um how he was a real like one guy literally said your grandfather was the king of Sheffield like wow. he literally gave <laughs> he said you know he's like he gave people jobs he looked out for us yeah. and you know to hear or you know when someone says your grandmother's Glenda Savage she taught me in school and they go on to sing the praises of which our grandmother is still alive but they sing the praises of them and it's just always incredibly humbling to me to know, okay, this is where I come from. And then, you know, when they see me like, no lie, about two weeks ago, a guy came in and he had saw me at Grandma Linda's funeral and he said, are you a savage? Because, you know, I had my face mask on and I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And he was like, you know, Anthony's your dad? And I was like, yeah. And he, you know, sung the praises of granddaddy and told me how much he thought of, you know, granddaddy and grandma. And then he said, you work here? And I said, yeah. And he was like, you know, um, my associate was helping him, but, you know, I got up because she had to go do something else. So I got up to explain to him what was going on. Right. And I said, well, actually, I said, I'm I'm the boss. (laughs) And he was like, really? And he said, you know, he said, it's shown up good to see you young, black, and doing good for yourself. And he was like, you know, your grandfather be real proud of you. He was like, oh, you... I was started crying. And, and I was like, yeah, I wanted to because I, you know, it's like, like, that meant, that means something to me. Yes, that's him. You know, and when he said that, he was like, he would be so proud, you know, to see you doing this. He said, he said, got all the white folks listening to you. I know that's right, right. girl. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, because, yes. you know, that man don't know my story. That man don't know my journey. Right. But to know that someone can look at me and say, you know, James Savage would be proud of you. It literally Ooh. makes me want to weep. Yeah, that would or make to, me cry. Or you know, or somebody, because, you know, I know who granddaddy and grandma you know, was and mm-hmm. are in right. the community. So when someone look at me and say, you know what, you write on Trey, that's what you, it's like, okay, God, I'm not disappointing yeah. these people. <laughs> so that's why I created that question because it's, I don't think, I don't think granddaddy did what he did expecting a legacy. He was just a good man. Yeah. And he, he just was. wanted to, you know, to us, he was just our granddad, you know. Right. <laughs> he cooked us eggs, he brought us orange juice, right. we got to play. Right. And we didn't, you know, we didn't get to see him as the world saw him. Because right. the world, he's all this. And to us, he's like, oh, granddaddy brought me a toy. You right. know? Okay. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so that's why I asked that because I just anybody who know anything about me know I try to do the best I can for people, especially on this side of my life. I try to do um, the right thing and make sure that, you know, when I'm gone, you know, my legs, if somebody says, is Thisha your mom? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. You know, and I feel that. so that's why I asked. And I knew 
if I was going to explain why I always ask this question, I knew you would be the perfect one to say it on because you get that. Yes. and Because it's just... Where some people see it as pressure, I see it as like, I'm James Savage's okay. daughter. Let me handle my business. No, and it's crazy. And it's like, that's why, like, my idea and vision of, like, what I want and my legacy stems from him and grandma. Like, grandma, mm-hmm. she was always very much poised, always very educated, yeah. of, of the source, reading, joker. She yeah. she didn't play, you know? And she right. she always was helping people. She was involved. Like, and it's crazy. As we're talking, I just looked up. I have one of Grandma's um, plaques in my room currently. It's a, uh, I think it's like an outstanding teacher, educator of the year. Does it got like a, a lamp on it or something like a genie lamp? Yes, and it's, yes. And the, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. And it's, yeah, literally. I took that to school for show and tell one time. Really? <laughs> like, back before, when it was at our old house. Yeah. Like literally, like, I... My vision of what I want to leave behind is because of what they bestowed right. onto us and what they yeah. have left behind. You know, I want to be able to, you know, now this is no shade to our parents, but when I die, I want to be able to leave. If I have kids or y'all kids or whoever way mm-hmm. gets it, I want to be able to have a fleet of things for to people to have, not to sell, right. but to have. Not to sell, not to sell. To sell. right? Okay. Not to sell, <laughs> but to keep. Right. No shade, but come uh, but on. <laughs> Let everybody quit selling your grandma that's house. Right. Quit, quit selling businesses. Right. Keep it. Keep it, because that's how you get to generate more money, more generational yes. wealth for the family. Yes. And you know what's insane is that, bef- you know, that wasn't a big thing. You know, people weren't talking about that as we grew up. Mm-hmm. But that's what granddaddy did for us yeah. now like a, we're not shading our family we're right. not going to get into that right. but he left that for us and it's just like damn like just oh, let it go right. okay. like now like think about it just like so it was a club it was a hair salon and then mm-hmm. like okay so lex does hair she's been doing hair for years that could have been her first storefront you know well you know lexus well lexus um lexus has been doing hair long as she'd been able to hold up her head and walk. <laughs> Actually, behind the club, it was a street behind the club, Granddaddy had bought Alexis a little shop, and it was a lady that done hair there, mm-hmm. and she would pay booth rent. Granddaddy had that money put in an account for Alexis. Wow. It, right? Wow. Now, the in-between that, all that, mm, you know, mm, all that Lexus <laughs> But <laughs> it's like, she was so into hair mm-hmm. that he seen that and he poured in that. And maybe he knew he wasn't going to be around long enough to see her get grown. Right. I mean, Lexus probably was, um, she probably was like 10 when he died, I would assume, something like that. And, um, well, she was young. She She wasn't like a teenager, but you know, maybe that was his way of pouring into her. Yeah. But, you know, he done that. And he had, like, real estate. And yeah, and property. All this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, and that's just... <clears throat> and it, my thing with that is why I find that so amazing. It's like, Randy acquired all these things in the, the 60s, the 70s, the yeah. 80s. In the end, first, okay, first of all, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, y'all were in, we were, you know, in Alabama, in the country, you know, in a yeah. rural, you know what I mean? So it's like... For him to be able to, like, break all those barriers, that's that's mm-hmm. amazing. You know, like, that's the, we have no choice but to show out and do well and, you know, meet right. his standards, you know, or or exceed mm-hmm. them if we, you know, if we can. Like, that's all we really can do. You know what I mean? We have to, mm-hmm. 
follow suit to what we've been, you know. Yeah. And because we know better. Yeah. We've been shown better. Yeah. And although the people before us didn't really, follow they suit. just were spoiled. Right. And, and, but see, and that's why we have to. It's kind of like uh, um, we have to reset right. it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. I agree. Okay, so I'm going to give you a couple of fill in the blanks and, you know, just fill them in with however, you know, you would like. Uh-huh. The first one is I am. Uh, I am. I am growing. Oh, I love it. Mm, I like that. <laughs> Me too. I really do. The next one in the next one is <laughs> I am most fulfilled when. I am with or around yeah, with the people I love and who love me. Oh yes, I like it. And the next one is my intention for my life is. Ooh, and I I'm gonna quote this from my fave, who is the sister of your fave, Miss Solange. To do to do nothing hey. without intention. Do nothing. Do nothing without intention. Yes, yes. Nothing without. Listen, nothing. You hear me? Nothing. Like every episode I do, every series, I need everybody to know. I literally don't do nothing. I don't. Once I wake up, everything in my life is intentional. Yes. I do nothing intention. without intention. Yes. <laughs> yes. Honey, I would expect it, Matt. You took me somewhere I was Ooh. trying to go. <laughs> so where can my listeners connect with you online to follow your journey or just to connect with you overall? Yes, you guys can find me. My handles are on Twitter. On Twitter is at Stino, S-T-I-N-O, the Don, okay. Um, I go by you know the Grand Dom on the back end. That's one of my <laughs> that's my, one of my uh, many many faces. And <laughs> and on Instagram, I Instagram love the same thing. Stino, S T I N O, the Don as well. Awesome. So, Austin, I just would like to tell you if you did know, I am your biggest fan. Oh. I know a lot of people think that they are, but there is not a single person who is more just proud of you and just, I couldn't, I mean, literally, I couldn't be more behind you than if I stood literally (laughs) behind you. (laughs) I am um, so proud of the man you have become. Y'all, he literally learned how to walk into my arms. So when I tell you, I couldn't be, there aren't any words to even tell you how um, proud I am. I've watched you grow, you know, from this little baby that my auntie brought home (laughs) to this grown man, you know, with his own thoughts and his own career. And I've watched you grow through trials and tribulations and, you know, all of it. And you never gave up on yourself. And you never, even when you thought, even when it looked like you might, might have would have done something dumb, you had enough sense to say, that ain't what I want to do. And you always turned it around and stayed true to who you yes, are. Thank you. Um, Ooh, you're about to let me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I want, I, I, I truly, because like I said, I do nothing without attention. This is why at the end of every show, I tell this person, whoever I'm interviewing, just why I picked them and why I feel the way I feel. Um, I want you to know that you deserve joy. You practice a lot of Black men joy, but um, you deserve joy on other levels that you know what I'm talking about. You deserve it. And I want you to always keep choosing to rise above. Always um, stay on course because Honey, your future is so bright. I need Yes, Cartier. Yeah, I mean, truly, truly. (laughs) I mean, there is nothing you literally cannot do or be. And I'll always be right behind you, either pushing you, cheering for you, or kicking your ass across the line. And that, my love, is why you are unbought and unbothered. And I truly thank you for taking this time with me. I know you're a busy college student, and I really appreciate it. Thank you, Lisa. I wouldn't have traded this moment, these moments that we just shared, well, any of our moments, but especially this one, for anything in the world. I am so honored to be here, you know, to really kind of give my experience, speak a little bit of my truth, speak a little bit of my healing and just, you know, and share this with everyone else who will hear this, you know, you know, it's, yeah, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that you have created this platform and opportunity for me and others. Okay. To get out here and speak the truth, have a real conversation. Yeah. We just go, yeah, we just go keep it. Yeah. We keep it true. Okay. (laughs) And that's just that. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Hey guys, don't forget to rate, review, and hit the subscribe button on the podcast if you liked it. Leave any comments and anything you would like to share. Bye guys!